and welcome to episode 113 of the Worldwide Chelsea podcast. It's your host, Matt, back again after missing last week. I apologise for that. Obviously, personal reasons. Sometimes you can't do a pod, but a big thanks to Jesters for doing an absolute wonderful job with Carlito as a guest. And I am joined by Jesters today as co-host. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing most excellent after a brilliant performance yesterday. Uh, showed a lot of heart, showed what the team was all about. So I'm excited. I, you know, I, we got a few more days in the transfer window, looking for a few players to come in. So, yeah, I, you know, it, you can't get much better than everybody thinking we're in the mud after a, a 3-0 thrashing and, uh, you know, coming back and doing, uh, doing bits. I mean, I absolutely, you know, you, just a wonderful performance by the guys, and FYI, Harry Kane just had a penalty saved. Ah, well, typical. <laughs> I mean, our, our, our penalty takers can take penalties this season. West Ham, Declan Rice can't, Harry Kane can't, so we can just get Ws of the penalties, at least. Um, but we'll get into, obviously, the stats, because as you said, it was a, a very strange game because of the circumstances that happened, and with the circumstances, a very good result, um, most definitely. I mean, if you were to not watch the game, not know anything of the game, and then just read the stats, you'd think, why are you praising this Chelsea performance? But that just shows why stats isn't the reason you completely look at them. But for the people that love stats, we will list them out for you. So Chelsea had a total of 45% possession, which I don't normally say too often, but there you go. You'll hear me say it. Um, Leicester had 55% possession. Chelsea had seven shots with three on target compared to Leicester's 17 and five. Chelsea missed two big chances compared to Leicester's four. Chelsea made a total of 446 passes compared to Leicester's five, but 456. Chelsea had an 83% accuracy compared to Leicester's 87. Uh, Chelsea attempted six dribbles out of 14 uh, with a 43% success rate, while Leicester had five successful dribbles out of 12 with 42. Uh, both won 48 duels. Chelsea made 18 tackles, 6 interceptions and 25 clearances compared to Leicester's 17 tackles, 7 interceptions and 14 clearances. So Jester's obviously looking at the stats. As I said, it, it's a very lot of strange stats. Uh, low possession, not as many chances, not a lot of passes, low passing accuracy. But we got the result um, despite having obviously... The caveat to all that is the 10 men. Um, obviously, you mentioned already it was it was a performance of heart um, and character. Um, do you think that was what we really needed after, obviously, losing 3-0 to Leeds um, to show that we are? It's not the same Chelsea as what we've seen last season. This, this might be just a, a, a fluke from Leeds. Well, yeah, uh, when you lose almost every 50-50, um, when you get outplayed, out hustled, out everything. Yeah, that's that's when you start questioning heart, um, and 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 the character of the team. And this performance puts that to rest. We had the character, we have the heart. It, you know, we do this every once in a while. We we've, we've had some stinkers to some teams that we have no business losing to. Uh, and I don't know why. Uh, nobody can tell me. For any certainty, exactly why that is, but 
It is. You know, how, how many times have we lost West Brom? How many times, you know, we just, we just do these things where we have just awful, awful performances sometimes. And I wish it would stop because it's not becoming a team that, that, that wants to win trophies every year, that wants to be uh, champions of the Premier League. You can't continue to do those things. So hopefully that's our one for the season. We get it out of our season, or get it out of our system, and uh, we can move forward to a productive season where we're challenging for things. Um, so that's, that's my thought on, on the heart and character thing. I think we've put that to rest. Uh, we, we must have screwed our balls on. Uh, we must have left them at home in the Leeds game. So there you go. Yeah, definitely. I think even even with a team that has deficiencies in the team, like we do, we, we, we've gone over it many times, what deficiencies in the team are. Um, but it is the heart that show You've got to have heart to, despite the deficiencies, despite being down in a game, um, You've got to have that heart to come back and turn that around. That's what the best teams do. And I found that 80% of the time, Chelsea don't have that heart uh, and haven't had that heart upon select scenarios. Say, Real Madrid, for example, again today. Um, so hopefully we can continue this and actually keep this heart going for the rest of the season uh, and not just it be a one-off game. Uh, I, I will be a bit more pessimistic, um, but hopefully we, we do carry this on. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, in terms of the Chelsea lineup, obviously we did make one change, which was obviously enforced with uh, Kaladu Kulabali sending off from last week. Uh, Mendy continued in goal despite calls from certain fans for Kepa to be reinstated. Uh, Chalaba came into the back, fr- well, back three slash back four because, as Chelsea do. It was a hybrid system, but we'll call it a back three for the sake of it. So Chalabut starting at left centre-back, Silva and then Reese James at right centre-back. Cucurello and Ruben Loftus-Cheek continue at wing-back with Gallagher and Jorginho in the midfield. Um, Mason Mount, Havertz and Sterling continued up front with Asby coming on in the 46th minute. Kovacic and Pulisic coming on in the 75th minute and Chilwell coming on at the end in the 92nd minute. Um, Jesters, what was your thoughts of that lineup when you first saw it? Was you surprised that there wasn't many changes and was you surprised that Chalaba was the one to come in instead of maybe Aspi, considering how he's picked it in preseason? Yeah, I well of course when when you see the lineup it's it's a three four three or a three five two even I saw from from certain apps we won't name names one football. Uh even even SofaScore said it was a three five two. And uh when it was a 4-2-2-2, I was like, well, hold on. Reese James playing right back. Cooper Ray playing left back. Um, and, of course, you had uh, Chalaba and Thiago Silva pairing uh, in that back four. And it was a back four. I didn't see much hybridization of people dropping in. It was a, a definite 4-2-2-2, uh, which was, again, just shut up some of the fan base saying, Tuchel's too stubborn. He won't change the formation. Well, he did. Okay, so that all that's put to bed. Uh, let's, you know, we can bury that deep and deep into a, a deep dark hole, cover it up. Um, but yeah, I was, you know, I there was calls for 
people people thought that we should play the back three of Thiago Silva, Aspie, and Kukurea. I'm like, you can't pay, play two midges in a back three. Who are you going to have for height and, and set pieces? You just can't play two two five nine five eight players with a five eleven player and think you're going to get the job done. So uh, I have reservations about Chalaba. I still have res- reservations about Chalaba, and he showed why in in some particular moments in in the match we can talk about. But y- you know, when when the when the coach puts you on the field and and says you're ready to go. Uh, Thomas Tuchel is a lot more savvy about football than I am, so I'm not going to sit there and, and question his lineups. We we tried to do that in years past, and it usually ends up being the right the guy that's right. So, yeah, def- definitely. I mean, I, I had people saying, oh, we just put uh, Aspi at centre-back uh, with Silva, and I was like, against Harvey Barnes and Jamie Vardy. I was like, that does not make sense. That is just... You waving the white flag completely uh, because, as as we saw in even the second goal, Asby was miles out of position, didn't have the ability to um, see it in terms of physically. Maybe with his mind, he probably saw what he was doing was wrong, but physically, with his legs, he hasn't got it. Um, but I think Chalaba had. I think Chalaba had to come in whether he liked it or not. Um, I, I do think. While I see the deficiencies in Chalaba, I still do feel, especially if he is going to just be a squad player, um, not as a starter, I feel like there is still a place in the team because at the end of the day, you have to have squad rotation players at some point. You can't just have six first-team centre-backs because you make that means all of them are unhappy. Someone will be unhappy at some point. Um, and I do think he's probably good enough to be a squad player, um, should he choose to be, that is the question. Um, I didn't. I, again, it was like one of them ones. I think didn't do didn't do nothing amazing. Didn't do anything terribly wrong. It was just a fairly solid game from Chalaba without putting too many foots wrong, um, which you see quite often. Uh, and then you have the occasional mistake that he will make. Um, they usually come in bunches. That's the problem with him. Um, but yeah, it was a fairly predictable lineup. I mean, people were saying, "Oh, why is Mount? Why is Havertz in there?" Well, I'm not being funny. I said, to, I, I, I said, as I said in the chat, I was kind of like, well, who's there for Tuchel to pick? Ziyech is too busy flying off after games. So for me, I don't, wouldn't even put him in the squad if he's too busy thinking of flying, doing his moves. Just let him do his thing. Um, Pulisic, with obviously what, the, the stuff that was going on with his dad, it, can you trust him to be on the pitch? You've got Kovacic, you can only play 20 minutes. You have Ethan Ampadu, who barely played a game of football in pre-season. You have a goalkeeper. You're not obviously going to. The goalkeeper is not going to come on. The only person you really had was Brozier that you potentially could put on. And then again, that's the idea of does he trust him or not to start now, which is the only thing you argue about Tuchel. But he hasn't got options, and that's the point. He hasn't got options. That's why we need to go into the market. Um, but it is what it is. I think Callum Hudson-Odoi is on there. Obviously, again, he's negotiating the loan move, so obviously he's not going to start. Um, so I, I do get confused with people's points on that. I, I'd love Havertz and Mount, especially Mount, to be out of this lineup at the moment. But unfortunately, there's just not the people to put on. But that it is, it is what it is. And I, what I liked about yesterday, um, obviously, with, I think with the 4-2-2-2, I do think partially that was enforced a little bit in terms of the lack of hybrid, hybrid uh, after the sending off, because obviously 
having a three at the back and having the man down doesn't work at all. Um, so I think the four, having two banks of four and then a striker, lone striker, is the most solid way of playing it. So that's why I think it was a bit more rigid in that point. But that the best part of Tuchel and the best part of his system is that we can switch between a 3-4-3 to a 4-2-2-2 to a 3-5-2 to potentially a 4-3-3 eventually. But unfortunately, I don't think we can really do that aspect at the moment. Um, that is the beauty of the system. Like, yes, Sofa School put a, a lineup up in terms of the actual formation, but it's about the roles that these players play rather than the actual formation. And I think that's what gets over people's heads when people say certain player is Mason Mount's playing out of position when actually, if you actually look at his positioning in the game and the role he's supposed to play, he's actually in the same position. It's just according to sofa score is not which it is what it is um obviously leicester in terms of their lineup played 4-5-1 typical kind of lineup that they usually like to play against chelsea obviously they did open up after the uh sending off which i think helped us a little bit because it meant that they weren't so defensive um but were you surprised a little bit their their lineup i mean I, I was when it did he come on in the 89th minute? I was kind of like, well, why is he not starting in the first place? Um, I don't watch a lot of Leicester, arguably, so there may be a reason for that. Was you surprised with how arguably weak the Leicester side was? Well, I I've watched Leicester play against uh, Arsenal uh, already this year. They've Brendan Rodgers has lost that team. Let's just come out and say it. He's lost the team. Uh, I would surmise that uh, he. I've got him on my sack list um, with uh, uh, Steven Gerrard and uh, Frank Lampard. Uh, there's you could put some other names in there as well. Uh, it's just he is he has lost that team and they don't play for him anymore. So, and that comes from. Of course, Yuri Tillman's wanting a move and not being able to get one. It comes from uh, Wesley Fafana being, being in that team, wanting a move and it dragging out. Of course, now that's done. Uh, so you got and Madison it's a, as a well. money issue there and the quality of uh, uh, being able to replenish some of those things you lost. And, uh, so they're... they're for me, it, it was about packing it in, getting a point or, you know, frustrating us and then hitting us on the break and winning 1-0. I mean, how many times has that happened to us? Uh, you know, at the worst, getting a draw. That's what he was playing for. So I wasn't surprised the way they set up. I was surprised by the way we set up. But I think uh, that allowed us to be on the front foot for most of the f- first half, even even after the sending off, we in the first half, I think we had 64% of the possession. So, and that was playing with, you know, 15, 15 minutes being a man down. Um, so, yeah, I was relatively happy. Uh, again, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and second guess Tuchel. He, 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 his CV is better than mine. So... Uh, formation-wise. Now, the players that he chose to play, uh, I 
you know, since we've been on this podcast for for a few years now, I have uh, some particular gripes about particular players and, and players being played together. Uh, for me, you cannot play Mason Mount and Kai Havers in the same attacking formation. They are the same player. How many times have they're exactly the same player? Uh, they take it. They want to take it the same positions, drop a little bit deeper, build up play, and when you ask, when one of them does that, the other one has to get in to, to a forward attacking position, and then you're not going to get the best out of them. Uh, and they're going to look like a uh, like a fish out of water because that's not really what they're adept to doing. So. Um, again, they can't be paired together in attacking positions. Uh, and to that point, when Mason Mount came off at a halftime, or yeah, I think yeah, at halftime, and, yeah. and we put uh, Aspie in, Kai Havertz looked a whole lot better, and that was playing a man down. I mean, the team in uh, general just looked a lot more better. Right, and then that's because, uh, you know, you can you can you can have one of them there, but you cannot have two. You just but can't just, do it. Jesters, Mason Mount is the glue, the glue to Chelsea. Don't can't you forget that? Yeah, yeah. You can call him the glue. You can call him the minerals. You can call him whatever you. I I started using Starboy because you know I can always say. Well, yeah, he's Starboy, but he's a falling star. <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, I, I, uh, I refer to it as he may be the glue, but he's the, he's the glue you get from the Poundland store that doesn't really work after 20 minutes. Right. Um, and, and he's been exposed this year for uh, his deficiencies, which his deficiencies are he's an eight. And he's a, he, he's a squad player, really. He's not... That great. He hasn't been that great for England. Let's let's be, be uh, really precise about that. It's not just for Chelsea. He plays the same way for England and doesn't do it. So I, I'm just I'm baffled by those who who think that you know he he's the man. He needs to be the captain. No, 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 and uh, more no. Uh, Kai Havertz hasn't been much better. Although he's been just that little much better that you can say Mason Mount's been worse. And that's all I'm going to say about Kai Havers because, dude, you've got, you have to do something. And, and I think that if we were, I thought that Mount, one of Mount of Havers should have been dropped for this game in the first place. Because you can't go three games and do nothing and continue to keep your place and say it's a meritocracy. You can say that if you start dropping people when they're not performing and say what you will about social media and, and what Mark Poliska did. You really haven't had yet really haven't heard anything from Christian Pulisic himself. Nothing, not a word. So there was no reason why you couldn't have of started him along with Havertz and and Sterling. You would have had two players that could beat a man one-on-one, and you could allow Kai Havertz to have that free role to find space and and to build up play. And 
for whatever reason, it, it's still Mount. And I I expect him again, since he came off 45 minutes, to play on Tuesday, which is terrible for me because, yeah, not having, it's not about just having goals and assists. You haven't done it. There's been times in the game I'm like, are you even playing? I don't even know if you're out there. It's, it's just he's it, he's not there. He's invisible. It's like playing with 10 men anyway. So whatever you want to attach to it is it's fine. He just he needs to uh, ride some pine for a while. Uh, you know, maybe we could we could. Uh, uh, make a new position for him, we could call him a guard. He could guard the water bucket. He could he could be a tailback. He could get his tail back on the bench. I, you know, whatever it is, he got he has to hold pine. And if, if Kai, I was gonna say maybe he can take over uh, Callum's role since now Callum's leaving. He can cut up the orange slices. He could be the orange slicer. Uh, and if uh, if Kai doesn't show it in this next game, and we do bring in, we start bringing in an Obama Yang or uh, and a Zaha or either or, he's gonna have to hold the bench too. Uh, you know, if if we're going to talk about being a meritocracy, and those who who perform get on the pitch, then we can we need to we, we need to stick by that and not just say, well, they did it before. Well, last year's last year. Last year has nothing to do with this year at all. And this year they're not performing. And if we did have those options that 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 Tuva was comfortable with, like we will when an Obama Yang. And or I'm hearing Zaha comes in as well. Then in those, yeah, I would, I would, if both of them come in and I'm hearing, you know, that it could be that both of them come in, not just one, uh, then those two need to be on the bench. And there's not a question because I would rather have Zaha and Obama Yang and Sterling front three than. Mount Havertz and Sterling at this point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I take heart, heart. I mean, I was I was looking at the Newcastle top uh, Newcastle Wolves game. I was like, I'd take Pedro Neto right now. I'd take Alan Saint Maximum right now in terms of the midfield. I'd take uh, Neves right now. I'm just I'm just looking around and I'm like I'm like even Almiron. I'm looking at Almiron. And I think Almiron's doing more than Mount Havertz at the moment, and that's when. That's when you're. That's when something's wrong. When you're scraping the bucket at someone like Almiron. Um, but there you go. Um, I do agree with a lot of what you've said. I think we do. I I understand that. I think last season we were saying you need to play a consistent front three because it kept changing it too much. Um, but I think this probably is the wrong front three. I can understand why he's got reservations about Ziyech, um, potentially reservations about Pulisic. Um, and obvious re- reservations about Callum, which means they've we stuck with the rest. But I think now signings could and should be coming in. I think they're very much on last chance saloons uh, in terms of playing consistently in the in the front three. I mean, obviously we'll speak a little bit more on Havertz. Obviously there was, I would say, a slight improvement. I wouldn't say it was. Oh my God, generational Havertz, Champions League is back. Um, but he did. Especially in the second half, he seemed to improve. Obviously, you mentioned after Mount come off. Um, 
do you think it is more of a tactical thing with Havertz is finding the right position or do you think he's just lack of ability in there? I, I think it's um, I think it really is the, the combination um, but you know he has to ho- hold his responsibility and and, and not performing to the level uh, of course you know you want to bring a price tag to the price tag that we paid for him, right he's not performing at that and I hate to do that because None of these none of these guys are worth the transfer fees that are paid for them. <laughs> Let's just have that correct. Yeah, that's uh, true. There's very few transfer fees that are that are right on the money. Uh, you know, but that's 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 the nature of the beast. But um, Kai has to has to do better, or he will be playing for Bayern next year, which might be the plan anyway. Because uh, you know you're going to have Sterling. If you bring in one of Aubameyang or, Z- or Zaha or both Aubameyang and Zaha, uh, you use him to replenish the the kitty to to be able to 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 to, to reform the midfield. Because that that as well, I guess that's a good segue into. Uh, the absolute nonsense that one of our midfielders pulled in, in 28 minutes of a game. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, you, you, can, you cannot, you can't uh, continue with this midfield the way it's constituted and think, oh yeah, we, we, we're going to win stuff. We're going to win uh, Champions League. We're going to win... Uh, the Premier League, not with this midfield. It's it's got too much age in it, too much injury injury concerns, and uh, in some aspects, it's it's not even good enough uh, in in certain situations. So uh, we can get into it now. Connor Gallagher. I yeah, I mean, I was I, that is the perfect transition. Yeah. Uh, I was hopeful. I thought he would do do well in this squad, uh, but he is too all over the place. It's like a, um, you know, it's it's like somebody that needs lithium. You know what I'm saying? He, he's he he's like bipolar. He can look great. There, I mean, there's some aspects before he got his first yellow card that he was looking good. He was looking better. Uh, than he did in the first game, but then one one yellow card, which was a yellow card, and then he loses. It did. It's a matter of five six minutes before he gets the second. And you have to think, dude, you you have to stay. You can't put us down in the thirtieth minute, the ten men against any Premier League team, and think that we're going to have a positive result. Much less somebody that has quality players like Leicester, which they do have quality players. Uh, anybody who says any different, really, maybe it does is not should not be commenting on, on on football. They have quality players, and you cannot go down to ten men in the thirtieth minute when you need to pick up points because you just got battered last week. So for me, use Conor Gallagher in the Zaha deal. Get him gone. Let's start getting rid of all the cobham 
dross that gets highly rated because of cobham alone there for me there's only been one consistent player from cobham in our team that you can say he could play for anybody and is, is one of the best in the world at his position and that's reese james everybody else has not shown that level yeah i mean i, I it was it was I mean, I, I remember when it happened, I was just absolutely fuming because, as you said, Conor Gallagher did make almost look much a bit more comfortable and was doing better, um, which it, which was good. It was nice to see. I, I think I made a comment. I was, oh, look, Conor Gallagher looks a bit more comfortable. Maybe it was just almost first full Premier League game for Chelsea. Maybe it was just nerves and the situation that we were put under. Uh, and it just on the day just collapsed. Um, but then obviously getting the first yellow card, which was definitely a yellow card, um, 110%. First thing I said, I was like, he's got to calm down because he's erratic as it is. And I feel that erratic nature could get himself sent off. Lo and behold, I mean, that challenge, you, you look back at it enough times and you look and go, that could have potentially been more than the yellow card, even if he wasn't. Booked. I mean, it's one of them ones that you'd call an orange card. Maybe not enough to be a red, but it was that. It was it was that just such a silly challenge that you you'd even look and go, hey, it could be even more than a yellow. Um, it was so stupid. And if we lost the game, obviously that was won the game. In hindsight, we're not. Some people are not going as crazy. Uh, and one of the most stupidest things was. People were trying to protect Gallagher by saying, oh, if Cucurella's pass was better, then Gallagher wouldn't have got sent off. It was like, no, but you don't make that challenge in the first place. That's not on Cucurella. Yes, he's made a misplaced pass. Whoop-de-doo. People, people make misplaced passes in the final third. It happens. That's football. Um, but that challenge was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and for me... If he does stay, which I don't know, I mean, obviously there is rumours coming out as in the last five minutes saying that Gallagher could be used as a way to get Zahar in terms of a loan deal to Crystal Palace again for this season. Um, but if he, even if he does stay, do you, I feel that for me it's his chance in the team gone because obviously Kovacic will come back. I think Ruben... I know he's playing in a wing-back role, but even as a central midfielder, I think he's played better um, than Gallagher at the moment. And I feel with, especially now we haven't got, a, we've got Man City in the Carabao Cup. You can't, he's not going to play in that as a, as a squad rotation. It's only the Champions League that you're really going to see the squad rotate. Um, and I don't think, I think Gallagher's almost lost that chance that he's had. Um, would you agree with that? Obviously, I know you, you you would prefer him to go, so I can tell what your answer would be. But do you think if he does stay, he's kind of lost that chance? I I don't see a need for Connor Gallagher in the squad now. I you know my hope was he could he could be more like look. I I take the what the manager says somewhat with a grain of salt, but again, when he's talking about players' abilities, you you have to understand that he knows more than me. And he thought Conor Gallagher would play more like N'Golo Conte. But he is a step slow. 
uh, and that's why he got two yellow cards. Uh, it's it's really as it, it, easy and um, as simple as he's a, he's a step slow, uh, just like uh, his counterpart with a worse haircut. He's also a, a step slow. He's not quick enough to play an attack. Uh, you know, we won't keep bringing up his name, so you have, you'll have to infer to the person I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, he, 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 I think right now it's just, look, every big team in the world buys their best players. Very few of the top teams in the world have people coming from their academies and playing. They don't have a, an, a team full of academy players. You know, Real Madrid doesn't. Barcelona doesn't. Bayern doesn't. They all buy their best players. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm tired of hearing about Cobham. Uh, I think that Bowley's done a good job this summer by putting Cobham in mud, by bringing in uh, two 18, 19-year-olds in, in Chukameka and uh, Cassidy. And if he brings in um, Arson, uh, I can't pronounce his last name right now. Oh, the Russian but, dude. Yeah, if he brings them in, then you're talking about bringing in three midfielders. That weren't in our academy. They're not going to be considered academy products. They're going to go straight to the, you know, under twenty threes, the 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 PL two team, uh, until they can, unless they're needed in 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 the main squad. Or uh, what I'm hearing is 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 Arson would be loaned back to, uh, was it D, uh, Dynamo Moscow? Mm-hmm. I think he plays for because of. Uh, FIFA restrictions on, on on getting players out of Russia right now. Um, so let's. I I would like. Look, you can always cheer for an academy kid when they when they come through and do well. We have that guy. He's his name is Reese James. He's the best right back in the world. For me, I there's not another right back you could come to me and say, well, what about so and so right now? Because I can't even. First, I can't think of one, and second. Reese does it all. He's got he can he can score, he can assist. He, he he's an absolute beast. Uh physically, he can play defense. He just so if you want to say, hey, we have that academy guy, it's Reese James. You don't need that many to point to a successful academy. One is enough. Yeah, so, definitely. Def- I do und- I do understand. I think there's too many Cobham graduates that are pushed into the first team or advocated to be pushed into the first team, um, whether they're good enough or not. Um, and personally, I always think it's detrimental because it puts too much pressure on that certain player. And when they do fail, then they get more hate, which is not. I don't, you don't want to see any player get loads and loads and loads of hate. Um, but you look at the prime example is Lewis Bate was dubbed 
to replace Jorginho, replace Kante, be in the first team by certain YouTubers, certain Twitter people. Um, he left Chelsea because he didn't want to play in Chelsea's youth academy. So he then went to Leeds, played in Leeds Youth Academy, and is now on loan at Oxford United in League Two. So that kind of just sums it up that not a lot, not many, not not all common players work, and not a lot of common players work. Um, you've seen obviously, obviously Rhys James is the main one. Um, you've had players like Tammy Abraham who had potential, um, and at the moment they don't quite fit at the moment potentially. With more development elsewhere, they could come back and do something. That's not out of the question um, for certain players. Um, but we we have to the, the day we stop continuously look at every common player that comes through and saying that they are going to be the big, next big thing in the team is the day we start progressing forward. The day we stop having player FC for common graduates, and then encounter you have people going player FC for certain other players because you want to automatically go against the common people. The day we stop being player FC and becoming Chelsea FC and more importantly Chelsea first team FC, then we start moving forward as a fan base. We start moving forward as a club. Um, but at the, moment, at the moment I feel we're just too focused on and, it, and, and again, I don't mind a Chalaba, I don't mind a Ruben off the cheek as squad players. I don't mind youth players coming in as squad players because I'd rather a young player that's potentially a good enough filling in as a squad role rather than a sound, I guess, coming in and not doing very well or whoever we've spent lots of money on and failed. Um, but you can't have... no no Apart from the United team, which had a lot of good young players, these, these players were very good young players. We've not had any big team bringing six, seven youth players into the team at once as well. Maybe over time, you'll have players that are 31, 32 that were in the youth team or and then people that are 22, 23. But you've never had more than three, four youth players in a team because that, that's not how it works. The way youth academies work is you bring players in, you develop them and you sell them on for money. It is a business. Football is a business now. And with the amount of players that you're bringing in, in high velocity, you, not all of them are going to make it physically. You cannot physically have that many people in a team. The amount of common players I've I, I made a list of the amount of times a common player was dubbed to be in the first team. There's not even enough first team ops bases for it, uh, excluding goalkeepers, obviously, because for some reason, common goalkeepers don't get the shine. It's only the outfield players, but there you go. Um, you wouldn't have enough outfield positions to fill the team with all them players. So who you, you get to get rid of everyone and put all the youth team? It's not how it works. If you really love the youth team that much, go and watch the youth team. They don't get a lot of support, actually, in terms of actually physically people there. So if you do love the youth team that much, go and support the youth team. That's fine. You do you. But just stay away from the men's. If that if that uh, That is me just ranting on because I've, this has been something that's been boiling in my head for a while and... I've just let it out because there you go. Um, unfortunate to be on Colin Gallagher specifically because I'm sure the guy's quite a nice guy. Um, but unfortunately, you've not you've not done good enough in the games you've played. And unfortunately, in this game, you only get one. You really only get one chance. If you take, you either take that chance or you don't. And I think he's completely ruined it right now. Um, but let's get on to some more positive aspects because 
for a win we've ranted too much for considering we won 2-1 um so let's talk about the big moment of the game which was us taking the lead um sterling uh Cucurella passing across the sterling uh quite well i think very fast as well i think the differences between that and most of our times is yeah it was actually quite a fast transition and slow transition losing the ball potentially or holding it up too long uh ball goes to sterling and sterling produces that wonderful shot i mean jesters what did you think of that goal yeah it was uh well constructed uh Kukurea, who apparently is not good enough uh not worth the money we paid for him by someone on twitter but we know it's because he's not english let's be very honest about that if if he was an english player no words would be spoken uh not to say that ben chilwell is bad at all i'm quite happy we have both of them and i think at some point you're going to see both of them on the pitch uh this year and maybe a 4-4-2 with chilwell at left back and kukurea at left mid that's something i've been preaching everybody's like well why would you do that well first of all defensive stability if you get up and second of all kukurea is pretty saucy for for a left back let's be totally honest he he looks more you know going forward like a midfielder than than a, than a full back let's be perfectly honest i mean there's um, times he has played midfielder before in the league so he's used to it yeah he can definitely do it um but you know it was a wonder you know sterling came in on his right and imagine Oh man! Somebody beat up uh, the president of Barcelona. You got a big old shiner. Sorry. <laughs> he just took. He's, he's sitting in the stage. Took off his glasses, and dude, dude's eye looked like he got in a fight with Mike Tyson. <laughs> he, 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 he probably just saw Todd Bowley in the street and t- tried to say hi. I think one of those levers snapped back and hit him in the face. <laughs> or, or, may, or maybe it was it was the reaction when he told Todd Bowley face to face that he doesn't want to buy Alonso anymore. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Todd so. like, no, I'm not keeping Alonso. You can, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he cuts in, uh, takes the shot. Of course, it did it did flick off a defender, but good things happen when you do the right thing, right? When you take a chance and take a shot, it can always deflect and go in. And guess what? They all count the same. You know, it it, it doesn't count any differently if the, if it's a screamer like a Koulibaly volley or uh, the ball takes a deflection and goes in. S- still one goal, right? There's not there's, they don't they don't add points. You don't get it like a goal and a half for a screamer and a goal for a deflected shot. They're the same. So he, you know, give him all credit. He's been our best attacker all year. And cuts inside, takes a little deflection, goes in. By hook or crook, we're up 1-0. Yeah, and I think Sterling has been, I've seen already on some parts of social media, that he has been almost a scapegoat because we don't want to criticise Havertz on Mount, apparently. Um in some in some courts of the fan base um and i predicted i'll he's going to be the scapegoat because people are not going to want to complain about the other two um so i'm glad he's finally got 
them two goals um, because, Frank, quite frankly, he has been pretty, even out of everyone, I think he has been decent in all the games. He's just not getting the service, not getting the help around him. Um, finally, he was able to get the help from other, pe- from other people. Unfortunately, not the inside forwards, uh, more the wing-backs. Uh, which is the story of Chelsea, but um, yeah, it was fan- I thought it was a fantastic goal. The deflection for me doesn't really matter. It's still a fantastic effort, and we're still probably going to go in anyway. Um, and I think that for Chelsea, that's what happens when you actually want to take a pot shot outside the penalty area rather than just trying to pass it into net. Uh, we do sometimes too much. Um, I'm glad Sterling did that, and I'm happy for him to get his first goal. Um, obviously, not long later, uh, we managed to get a second. Um, from Sterling again, uh, not not quite the long shot that he did there um, from outside the box. It was a nice tapping in at the end. Um, fanta- again, fantastic move by Rhys James to get in the box and put that ball in, which I would say he's done that all through last season. But unfortunately, last season, no one was there on the end of it. Whereas, thank God, finally, it's taken a year and a bit to do but someone's finally got on the end of one of them balls. Uh, was you relieved of that, Justice, that Sterling was finally able to do it? Yeah, yeah. And I want to roll it back just a little bit. In between the two goals that were scored, we did have a, a, a chance. Uh, and this is this is what I want to, I want to kind of ha- highlight when, I, when I'm speaking about Havers. Havers receives the ball uh, in a circle and plays the ball out, of Cucur- out to Cucurea, the correct pass with the correct pace, at the correct time, he goes forward, and yes, the ball was deflected by a defender, and it falls to Sterling. And uh, without the keeper he, hitting the keeper's foot, it would have been a goal there. Um, of course, it, it went on to to, to the uh, to the post and uh, didn't go in. But that's what I'm saying with Havertz when he has that space to receive the ball in turn and get his head up. He's very, very effective, and he started a whole transition right there, and it was it was more beautiful play. Kukurea uh, is very good at getting his head up and anticipation and, and making passes. That's what I really love about him. Uh, he, he he's really he's really got a good ball on him, and yeah. uh, he really knows when to make that ball as well. Yes, yes, he's he's got it all, and without the you know a stud from the from the keeper, we're up two 0 there. Uh, on to the to the second goal. Uh, very good build up. Um, Havertz was involved in that. Uh, that's why I give him a, uh, an edge over Mount again because he was actually involved in good play. Yeah. Uh, Therese James again. You can say all you want to about Trent, but for me, Reese James has a better ball. Uh, that the amount of of for the lack of better words, the amount of sauce he can put on a ball, whether it's a, a curling ball, whether it's just uh, some something with fire, uh, you know, like he scored uh, in, uh, against uh, Tottenham. He he is just an amazing, amazing player. And the ball was perfect, came right across. You know, he's not Mo Salah, so he's not going to miss it from there. <laughs> you know, if you don't know, you you need to go back and watch Mo Salah. Yes, Liverpool scored nine, but it could have been ten if Mo Salah was almost inside the goal and missed. I mean, it was bad. It was 
Timo would have scored that. Is all I got oh, to say. Speaking of Timo, did you see his miss last night? I I did not. I I think I mean I didn't look at it because you know did he do another Timo? Oh, it was. Oh, it was. It was. It was not good. It was terrible. Honestly, I think maybe if it was a rugby game, that would have been a good drop kick. Um, but no, yeah, it was. I, I just saw the quote, uh, oh, yeah, it's Tuchel ruining Werner. Uh, and I, I just looked and I laughed because I was like, oh, thank God so far, someone's finally said it. Um, yeah, it was it was not very good at all. Not very good at all. Um, but, yeah, you carry on. Yeah, and so it was a beautiful assist put in, 2-0 up. And at, at that point, you, you're, you're really thinking, okay, we're going to see this game out. Uh, of course, we're Chelsea. We can't make it easy on ourselves. And uh, I guess this is a, another player that's getting getting close to. Uh, if you don't shape up, if there's an option next summer to bring somebody in, you might be finding your, yourself uh, on the way out of Chelsea. And that's Edward Mendy. Um, it is fine. To have a bad game every once in a while. But he's starting to do it on a regular basis. And it's quite concerning. Yes, he made a good save at the end of the first half. Yes, he made himself big. Which um, which made mean um, that made Jamie Vardy put the ball wide in the side netting. We'll, t- we'll come back to that. Uh, but when everybody on TV and... Other other YouTubers who who stream our games say, "Oh, Mindy's weak at his near post." Take it as gospel. He's weak at his near post, with something that is unforgivable for a keeper to give up that many goals at his near post. He is he is the FIFA glitch for keepers right now. His positioning is not good, which I have said for a year now. His anticipation is even worse. And that's not even getting to his ball play, which started the whole goal in the first place, which is substandard. It's not even, it's, it's not even, uh, it's Sunday league. His ball play is Sunday league. Uh, so, you know, if he can't make a five-yard pass to one of our center backs, we're going to be, we're going to, he's going to cause, cause his issue, issues and, and put us under pressure. And the one thing you don't want to do when you're down a man is lose the ball in the center of the pitch, whether it's at the halfway line or even further back. You can't do that. And so I don't mind the ball. You know, people say, well, at least he didn't put the ball out of play. You know what? I'd rather him put the ball out of play because at least it gives our, our defense time to set, right, and pick out a man to mark. Yeah, especially but, when you're uh, down to ten men. Yeah, so in, in, at ten men, you you need you need that rest. If it's if it's ten seconds to take a breath, you need that. And yes, you can blame Aspie for 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 biting on the one two, but but Mindy gave him the front post and he took it. And if he's if he's actually positioned properly, he, that goal does not go in. So, 
just because one play, player made a mistake does not is no there's there's no reason to forgive a second mistake from a keeper who's rated by our fan base as being world class. I'm here to tell you now, he isn't world class. There is he's not. So you can stop this. He's a good keeper, but he's he's flawed. You all right there? Blow yeah, into the mic. Yeah, I'm all good. <laughs> uh, but he is a good goalkeeper. As long as you can keep shots to a minimum, uh, which we will be able to do. Now that we've got Wesley Fofana, uh, and as long as you don't expect him to make worldy passes out of the back or any decent passes on the back, you know, you just, you just limit his touches in the game. Yes. He, he's a serviceable goalkeeper, but is he Chelsea level? No. Look at some of the Chelsea keepers. Petter check. Kibo Courtois. I know people don't like him because he's a snake, but is it, he's one of the best keepers in the world. And yes, we, we took a step back with Keppa, and Keppa's last season as a, as a full-time starter makes Edward Mendy look like God in comparison, right? I think that's one he, of the he, reasons why people rate Mendy so highly, because they still remember what, what Keppa did. Right. I, I think that's, you know, it's all about perception, right? But good. Edward Mendy is a good keeper, but that's it. He's good, but he's got holes in his game. That at 28, 29, 30 years old is not, he, he'll never be able to play, be good with his feet. It's just never going to happen. He doesn't have it in him. Uh, the front post thing, maybe if you, if you have a good keeper coach, you can, you can get that out of him. Uh, but yeah, I, I am not sold on him. And I think that is a position that we should be looking for an upgrade in the future, uh, regardless of, of what he's done. He, you know, Kepa had a good year, too. Let's not forget that. During Sarri's season, he wasn't a bad keeper. He, you know, he was, he was uh, above average. But that was for one season. It, to be world-class, you had to put season upon season upon season upon season where you're 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 standing on your head clean sheets nobody can get balls past you you're not making you're not making stupid bonehead mistakes that cost you champions league it costs you matches you just can't continue to do that and and, and think that somebody is in that category of an all black of of a Neuer, uh you know even a terstegen uh, Donnarumma, whoever you want to say, whoever's in your pantheon of of world class goalkeepers at this time, Courtois is, is definitely in there, even though we'd like to beat him with a stick. Um, he's not there. He's not that, and I don't believe he's ever going to be that. So he's a good fill in goalkeeper for right now, but I I think. Chelsea need to look to upgrade in that position in the near future. And uh, maybe we already have. And he's just fairly, fairly young. So Yeah. 
I mean, what what frustrates me with Mendy is he he'll make out he'll have ten moments in the game, and six seven of them moments will be good moments, good saves, good corner kicks, good whatever. But then he'll have at the moment two or three just things that are just quite frankly mistakes, pure mistakes, and it's just it, you can't you can't keep on going like that. And he has been going on that for a while, and I think. The reason why people have been so quick to defend him and so quick to protect him a little bit is because they, I don't, and same with me, I frankly just can't trust Kepa. I know he did better last season, but I still do not trust him um, completely. Um, and if we do think back, being real with the transfer at the start, Mendy always came in as a stopgap replacement because Kepa was that bad. We were never planning to get a goalkeeper in. It was supposed to be, Kepa was supposed to be first choice goalkeeper. We have Cavalero or whoever would come in eventually as the second choice goalkeeper. And we wouldn't need to get a third. Or wouldn't need to get a new one. But we got Mendy in because we needed a goalkeeper. He was available. Wasn't predominantly expensive. And he came in, done very well. But if you think about it, I still look at him now and actually... He is just playing like a stopgap replacement. Um, and I think the only reason we haven't gone into the goalkeeper market at the moment is because, quite frankly, there's so many other glaring positions that need to be filled. We can't phys- we can't afford to go for a goalkeeper unless it's another stopgap, which we've already got a stopgap. We, do we don't really want to replace a stopgap with another stopgap. Um, I think Slanina is potentially a good talent um, if he develops, but he is very young and he is probably still too young. Um because goalkeepers, as we know, they do take time, a bit more time to mature. Um, so it, we, we could be seeing realistically Selena out on multiple loan moves and biding his time before he's in the start squad. So I think we will eventually go for a goalkeeper. Maybe we do again go for a slightly older goalkeeper. So it's almost a he is good enough to be in the first team. Um, we evolves out the squad and Selena maybe props in. Um, I don't know obviously what the plan is, but I do think there will be an eventual time where both Kepper and Mendy, maybe Mendy might think, all right, I might be okay as a stopgap because I think he, I, I'm sure he always knew that he was coming in as a stopgap. Um, so maybe he, as he gets, he's not younger, he's still, he's in his 30s, so he may just think, okay, maybe I am okay holding the bench because I don't think he'd move to any other big team. He might move to, say, a Leicester or someone like that. Um, but I don't think he'd move to a bigger team. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that. I think it's just a thing of we just have to make sure we play in a slightly, maybe a slightly different way, just to make sure that we don't give him as many chances to make mistakes, I think, especially in the past. And I think sometimes I see we pass back to Mendy. I'm just like, we don't need to pass back to Mendy at that point. You can pass forward. You don't need to give it, give potentially a Mendy another chance to potentially fail and mess it up. Um and that would be the only advice that I would probably give for defenders in our team. Don't let Mendy have chances to ruin it. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, hopefully he just picks up in form and then we just don't have as much of this conversation, but keep it in mind for future. Because um, we don't have time to go for goalkeepers at the moment. And maybe even next summer, depending on how much we have to replace in terms of the midfield, we still might not have time to get a a big competent goalkeeper um so we'll have to wait and see how it goes uh and see what we do um 
moving on, obviously, kind of the rest of the game, obviously, you mentioned kind of Vardy's save with Mendy's, but we did obviously kind of peter out, but do you think that was understandable? Obviously, eventually, having one less man, we kind of just did run out of gas a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, you know, acceptable when you're trying to cover for, for somebody's boneheaded mistake. But the, the, the one Vardy uh, goal that I spoke to already, I spoke about already was the one he put in the side netting. And uh, so this brings us to Trevor Chalava, who had, who, who had a good game. I think people think he overrate the game he played because when you look at it, it doesn't look like he was in amongst the action as much as you, th- you thought. He only had three clearances in the entire game, playing 90 minutes. Uh, Aspilicueta had six in a half. Um, but his, the ball was played in to Jamie Vardy, and it was a 50-50. Um, and he was stride for stride with, with Vardy, and Vardy outmuscled him. Now, Trevor Chalaba is not a, a small man. He's, he, he's not a garden gnome like Lissandro Martinez. He, he's, what, 6'3"? He, and he's a, he's a big dude. You cannot be beat by Jamie Vardy in that position. On a, on a different day with a different striker, that is a goal. Or even if J, Jamie Vardy in his pump, that is a goal. You either, one, have to win the ball, or two, you have to bring him down and take the yellow. There, you, you cannot let him away with the ball, one-on-one with the keeper. Because that's your defense not doing your keeper any favors. So you either, A, win the ball against a smaller man, or B, make sure he can't get away from you. And that you just take the yellow card, let him have the free kick. Um, and that is what I'm talking about with the anticipation, um, the, the the defense, the defensive acumen from from him is not at the level where he uh, that that he should be to play uh, be a starter for Chelsea Football Club. It just he it's just not. Um, and. Everybody can criticize me, but he's not that he, he won't be a Chelsea starter. That's the reason we just paid 70 plus plus add-ons for Wesley Fafana. If Chalaba was that guy, we wouldn't be wet buying Wesley Fafana. He, so you understand. He if you say you want to use him for squad rotation, okay, fine. Use him for squad squad rotation, but make sure you're not playing your Man Cities, your Liverpools. Um, anybody in the, in, in the top six because eventually uh, that, that naive naivety that he's shown on that particular play is going to come back and bite you in the butt. Um, you, so just keep that in mind. He's not ever going to be a Chelsea starter. So uh, I think that's enough said about Cobham of uh, Cobham kids in the in the Chelsea team, we we have one 
at that level at this point, and that's Reese James. Everybody else, uh, when, when better players come in, they will be taking their L and holding bench. Yeah, I mean, we were, as you said, we've kind of spoken enough about them, so we'll kind of move on from there. Um, but I, I agree with a lot of what you say, um, most definitely. I mean, we'll kind of obviously finish up on the game because obviously we've got a few more things to speak about. Um, first, kind of just quick fire kind of news from earlier in the week uh, in terms of other competitions. Uh, so obviously two draws for the Carabao Cup and the Champions Leagues. Um, obviously, we'll start off with the Carabao Cup. And, well, it doesn't really... We, we'd like to start off easy, but obviously that's not Chelsea way. Uh, so we play Manchester City away um, at a much later date uh, due to the World Cup um, of November the 9th for the third round of the Carabao Cup. Um, Jesters, what do you think of that draw? You gotta play everybody at some point. You're gonna you're gonna have to play Man City at Carabao Cup, whether you play them in the first, in the third round, or you play them in the finals. <laughs> I mean, that is the history right now of of the Carabao Cup. Uh, I'm not overly bothered by playing Man City. Yeah, I know that that their offense is pretty good, but they have holes in that team. Um. Mainly their defense is, is is not that great. And you don't know what the injury situation is going to be by time uh, or what they're looking like at the time of that, that match. You just don't know. Um, so to say, oh, no, we got to play Man City, okay, fine. I'm sure they're not wanting to play Chelsea either because it's not like we're easy out. You know, you know they'll be looking. They would want an easy out as well, and they're not getting that with with Chelsea. And at that time, if we've got our everybody fit, and you've got a back three of Thiago Silva, uh, K two, and Wesley Fofana, I will play anybody in the world at any time, especially when I've got Kukurea or Chilwell. And Reese James on the other side. I, I'm sorry, I'm not worried at that point. Um, you know, we'll, we'll lose games only because of mistakes we've made. Teams will not be able to break us down. I don't think people understand how good Wesley Fafana is. Is he worth seventy million? No, no player is. Okay, or very, you could say very few, but. Is he a one of the, the the best talents, young talents at that position in world football? Absolutely. And he's done it in the Premier League. He has shown that he's a dominant defender in this league. So you put him on at right center back with Thiago Silva, who is probably the one of the best players I've ever watched in terms of Really, what people need to understand is sport is 90% mental, 10% physical. He is elite in his mentality of knowing where to be, anticipation, knowing what kind of slide he can make to get the ball and not get the man. He was showing all of that yesterday at 38 years old. And he was, 
as by the end of the game, he was cramping up. He was not 100% and still the best player on the pitch. Um, he didn't get my man of the match. I gave that to Sterling because of the two goals he scored. Uh, but I'm not going to argue that point. He is a brilliant. And then you have, and I've, I, you know, I'm speaking glowingly. I haven't even gotten to Koulibaly, who has been regarded for the, in the last, what, seven, eight years as being a top five center back in the world? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, it's, we do we we have a good defense. I I I'm on the same kind of wavelength as you. I think I heard a lot. I saw a lot of people straight away in group chats. I, I didn't even know the draw was going on. I I honestly didn't know until I saw it in group chats. It was like, oh, we got Man City. I was like, when was this draw happened? But um um yeah, I think you had people saying, oh, we've we've lost automatic. I'm like, well, what kind of a Chelsea fan are you just to say we've automatically lost before we've even played a game? No matter who good the opposition are, we are Chelsea Football Club. We do not roll. We, we, uh, we do roll over easily at times, but we we don't against the bigger teams. Generally, we don't roll over easily. We don't go out without fight. Um, and as you said, we have to play the best teams. If you if you think we're going to win all these cups, then don't don't cry about having someone on the third round or for us the first round of the competition. Um, I think it's fine. I think. Will be the underdog, no doubt, in that match because it's Man City. Obviously, I'm not a fool. Um, but if and when we beat them, then we become favourites for the cup. It's as simple as that. We make a statement, and Chelsea are there to make statements. Um, in terms of obviously quickly moving on to Champions League, uh, a relatively nice draw compared to uh, certain other teams uh, and certain former players that we'll have. Um, but obviously, so we had. AC Milan uh, from pot one, uh, from pot three we had Salzburg, and from pot four we had Demonos Zagreb. Am I right? So many Demonos, I, I get confused at which ones. Um, but yes, yeah, so, Croatia. Yeah, Croatia. Yeah, Zagreb. Yeah. Um, so obviously not the most difficult draw in the world, uh, and Chelsea should navigate that. Do you agree, Justice? Uh yeah, I think we're, we're favourite to come into. I don't really rate AC Milan. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm fine with seeing a center-back pairing of Kalulu and uh, Tamori. And, and I, I hope that we just battered the hell out of AC Milan and it comes down to Tamori's side so I can never hear his name again mentioned by our fan base of, oh, we had Tamori and let him go. He ain't that good, folks. Again, another Cobham player who is rated for for certain instances. And you know what it is? It always comes offensively. Oh, he scored a wonder goal at Wolves. I don't I don't give I don't care if my center backs ever score. I, I really truly don't. Their their job is to play defense. And he was always out of position and having to use his athleticism to make rake up uh, makeup tackles. And I've watched him at AC Milan. He ain't that. He's terrible in the air. Um, he is just not what you think he is. And people need to get this out of their head. That's why he was let go. And he was let go by the Cobham Whisperer, Frank Lampard. So let's just move on. But I do hope we batter them. And and Tamori looks like this, 
you know, he, you get to really see how how poorly he actually would have fared in the Premier League. So I don't ever want to. I don't have to hear about it anymore. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, I I don't watch lots and lots of Serie A, so I can't really comment on how good AC Milan are in terms of a, a lot of opinion. Obviously, I know just as you guys in America get a lot of, uh, well, basically all the football, uh, so it's much more easier for you guys to watch it and simply don't have the time to watch Serie A. But, um, yeah, I think it's a relatively simple group. Obviously, a lot of travelling in terms of Croatia and then Austria and Italy. But I think we should, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we come out with at least 12, 13 points, hopefully 15, um, and then come out of that good in a good stead. Um, obviously, it's nice in terms of an AC Milan point of view uh, for a football heritage. It's nice to say almost uh, have a good have a last game at the San Siro because obviously we haven't been in there a long while, and obviously that will definitely that is obviously going to be knocked down and restripped into one of these new modern toilet bowls. Um, but yeah. It's a decent enough draw. Uh, can't complain. Uh, obviously, the Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and Inter Milan group. That's a tasty one. And <laughs> I'm going to be laughing when you, uh, Romelu Lukaku is going to be playing Europa League football uh, in the second half of the season. But there you go. Uh, or potentially, if Barcelona cock it up and then Christensen and whoever else Chelsea players or potential Chelsea targets playing in Europa League. I'll laugh anyway at either one, um, but there you go. Um, quick, obviously, news on runner on transfer rumours. Obviously, Zaha is kind of the big new one uh, that's been mentioned. Um, obviously, if you've mentioned, you probably would take Zaha and his team over Mount and um, Havertz. But what, what do you think of the rumour? Do you think we'd get it done? Well, apparently, we've spoken to his, his camp last week, um, several days mentioned uh, he's got one year left on his deal. Uh, if Crystal, he, he, I, I don't see him resigning for Crystal Palace because uh, he wants to try to win something or at least be in elite competitions before he retires or has nothing left. Uh, I believe he's 28, maybe 29. Uh, still a fantastic player. He's off to a, a, a really hot start this year. Uh, and, he, and he does, again, he's doing it in the Premier League. If you look at a lot of these things, of these players we've, we're signing, we're signing Premier League players. So you know they at least know the level they're about to get into. And I think the stat was that he had 14 goals last year. The most goals from a winger uh, from a team outside of the top uh, of the top of the table in Premier League history. So. I, I, you know, again, it's it's the guys produce. So we got another Simon Phillips here. My sources believe Gordon to Chelsea is one they see getting done now. Chelsea, it's mainly Saar on the list as a backup option to Gordon. Okay, so maybe we're still getting Gordon as well, uh, which I, I do like Gordon because he can play some some wing back. Uh, you know, Tuchel likes to use wingers as wingbacks, and I think he's he's the most suited to anybody in our squad to be able to do that. 
Uh, but Zaha, it, you know, he's a professional. I don't like some of his antics, of, uh, you know, with the referees and stuff, but I understand. <laughs> he, he's frustrated because he's playing against, playing with a lot of uh, players that are not up to his talent level. So I think sometimes that goes through to the, to the referees. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I like Wilfred Zaha. He would immediately upgrade our attack and take, put, hopefully put one of Havertz. Well, we'll put one of Havertz or Mount on the bench. So I'm fine with that. Uh, and, and if we get Aubameyang and Zaha, we have to see a Zaha, Aubameyang, uh, Sterling front three and both of Havertz and Mount can hold pine. It's just that's 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 my take on it. He's uh he would upgrade us and uh yeah I would love to see I would love to see him in, in, in playing under Tuchel. So yeah, that, I that's, that's fair. I mean, I do like the player as a football player. Um, the only thing I don't I dislike a little bit. And it's, to be fair, has got better over the years, but. I don't like the amount of times he likes to fall on the floor too much, um, but that is modern football, and I think he has improved that over the years, so I'm a bit less critical on that now. Um, I think it is one that, if he's told me this last year, I said would not get done, um, but now he's on one year. I see Crystal Palace wanting to get at least some money for him um, and then invest in, into their squad um, in other ways, and they have made signings that you could suggest, okay, now that if Zahar goes, maybe they wouldn't be in so much trouble as they were before. Um, whether we'll get it done or not is another question. Uh, hopefully, if we do, we can get it done because I'd like to see as many new forward options in there as possible, and as many as the current ones going out. Um, on Anthony Gordon, I do think I, I do like some components of his game, but I very much. I'm sceptical of a £60 million bid. I don't normally like to moan about prices, but I find that one absolutely absurd, uh, especially since apparently it was rejected and that could then go up. I, I, I get a bit worried about that. I hope it's just more they'll pay up front and it'll be a similar fee. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be against it. It's just I would... I could see the money being spent elsewhere. I don't like Ismail Saar, so if it was between the two of them coming in, I probably would prefer Gordon. Um, but it is what it is. Um, I did see, obviously, something to come out while we've been on podcast, um, uh, which was that Ziyech is looking closer to go to, AC, to back to Ajax, uh, obviously with a deal with Anthony uh, for Man United going in the works. So hopefully we'll get some money from that and then we can start seeing Aubameyang, Zahar, Gordon, whoever's kind of come into the attack or wing-backs, uh, that heat up a little bit. Um, I did just see what Ben Jacobs put. That is brilliant. Uh, obviously, Frankie Dion, I'd love him to come to the club. Uh, I feel like he's staying, but again, that's. I feel like that's one that will be drama on deadline day. Do you think that's... Do you think you agree with that? Yeah, I think it'll go down. I think I read that that uh, the Barcelona offer to him is to take a thirty to forty percent pay cut. Uh, 
And then if the ball's in his court at that point. If he wants to take the pay cut, if not, he's, he's probably going to have to move him on. Uh, and so that'll be a deadline thing. And look, they've already said that the the only place he's going outside of Barcelona at this point is going to be Chelsea. Uh, I would love to see him in our midfield. Oh, that would be beautiful because he will pick out a pass and play. If you have a Bamiyang or Zaha running through, Frankie Young will find him. And just on that point, I think Zaha would play down the middle, actually. Yeah, um, I mean, he's played down the middle for Palace quite a bit, so I wouldn't be surprised at that either. Could you see Reese James and Kukurea or Chilwell putting in balls and, and letting Zaha get on the end of them? That would be, you know, they're going to the back of the net. And then you could put him on penalties, too. We wouldn't have a midfielder taking penalties anymore. That's true. Which, we won't have we won't have the embarrassment of our midfielder being our top goal scorer. Yeah. So, yeah. I you know I'm if we can pull these off, I am uh, really really happy uh, to have these players on the team. So, but I'm going to digress a little bit. I know we've been on for almost an hour and a half now. Yeah, I mean that's fine. Just as what can I say? We like talking. We like talking together, and sometimes it results in us having nearly two-hour podcasts at times, nearly two and a half hours. But that's fine because the viewers enjoy it, and that's all that matters. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot's going to happen. I, I think with Dion, which I've been kind of suggesting for a while now, if he was going to take the pay cut, I don't see why it wouldn't have already been announced that he's taking the pay cut. The fact that he's not. It, everything's quiet suggests that he's not currently willing or is very much not sure about taking the pay cut. And that's where I feel come deadline day, should Dion go, do you know what? I do not want to take the pay cut. I could see this being a deal that Chelsea have proactively gone to Barcelona and said, should Dion be available? What do we have to pay? Dion, should you be available? What do we have to pay you? And then it's a matter of thing that I think it, the, the the backgrounds of the deal have already been sorted. It's just whether he wants to go or not. Um, so I think that could be a move that two o'clock in the afternoon is announced that it could happen by five, six, seven o'clock by the time he's flown over or potentially done the medical in Barcelona or Paris, which is it seems to be a very a big go to between. Uh, between uh, players at the moment with Chelsea, um, you could see six, seven, eight, nine o'clock deals already done, which is a matter of six hours, which would be nice if Chelsea did deals that fast generally, but there you go. Um, but yeah, I think it. we will have to see what we get in. Um, and by the time we next speak, it will be the end of the transfer window, so we'll be able oh. to talk about this properly uh, without all these if, buts and maybes. But. Do you rate uh, Nicolo's uh, Sh- uh, Shara, that reporter? Um, it, not his last massively, name is, but a little bit. It says, Crystal Palace have opened talk to try to sign Conor Gallagher from Chelsea on loan. I did see someone else say that. Who else said that? I can't remember. I did see that also with another reporter. I can't remember who it was. Um, Ed 
Oh, Fabrizio said it as well. At some point. So, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe I, Zaha I, I does be, have I legs. Would, I wouldn't be surprised because Crystal Palace want one player. So I, I, that's why I kind of insinuated it because I think I saw it earlier today that so Pat, I, I, it would make sense Palace get a player in return because again this 25 million isn't a lot for Palace to replace Zaha with but if they can improve their midfield potentially with Conor Gallagher a player that they've already seen and liked and worked with the team then I don't see that being a problem with them and I don't really see that being a problem with Chelsea too much especially no. if a certain Frankie De Jong does come to the club um, but it is what it is, and we will leave it there for today at one minute twenty-four, one hour twenty-four minutes exactly. Um, so f- thank you guys for listening to another wonderful podcast, uh, and Jester, thank you for coming on once again. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, thank you as always for letting me come on and blow V8. I got a little long-winded this time, but uh, some just some stuff I've been. Actually, not holding it. You, you, you know, you could find you could find it on my channel. You can find it on uh, other channels I've been on, but and this podcast as well. And I just want to say that uh, we got some love off the last podcast. Make sure you show some love in the comments, like, share it with your friends. I had a United friend, a uh, United fan, actually say that he enjoyed the podcast last week. So well, it's, it's, hey, not, it's nice. I think we'll just have to be taking the piss out of United a bit more now. Just uh, now we know that you resident United fans are coming in. Hey, well, we get the love to see that that is we, we transcend teams. So, again, the more pop, popular you make this podcast, the more people get to see it and hear the wisdom of one Matt J. Ball and listen to the hot air that's put out, put out by uh, one Jared, a.k.a. Uncle Jester's. Yes, definitely. I mean, speaking of Uncle Jester's, make sure you do check out uh, Jester's new YouTube channel, Uncle Jester's F. Is it Uncle Jester's FC? That is correct, Uncle Jester's FC. He does a wonderful. Um, he's done some wonderful streams at the moment with uh, some people you may or may not know. Uh, obviously, Carlito from last week, uh, the special legendary Marvin Dent Marv, who will come on hopefully to this pod. Uh, very soon I am in talks to bring him back uh, if I can agree a fee with Jester's at all um, <laughs> might be, have to be an undisclosed fee for that maybe a record fee for podcasters but there you go um, but make sure you check out his channel uh, it's growing it's done very well and it's very fun to watch um, but thank you guys for listening um, in terms of content for next week uh, we won't cover the Southampton game because it's midweek, uh, and I'm also on holiday for both the Southampton and West Ham games. Um, maybe I will get Sadiq to do a little quick podcast um, review on his own in midweek, just so you guys don't miss out. But we will try and get together between me and Jester's, whether it is Jester's hosting or whether it is me finding a suitable place with Wi-Fi in Lanzarote um, to host from. If not, Jester's will host once again. Um, potentially um, with some wonderful co-hosts some wonderful guests potentially a new guest if I can get them on Um, but stay tuned for that Um, as Jester said like rate the channel uh, find us on Spotify Apple and all your other uh, platforms this is Matt Jester's as well I Chelsea signing out